But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. We are all out of power converters, but what we do have is the Gauntlet, the Razor Crest, a recap of Adepticon, a look at the Republic faction, and more coming to you this episode. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Poor Jenkins. And first off, hey, uh, Adepticon, a week or so in the past now, but you three went and I stayed home. How was it, guys? Fantastic. So much fun. It was a great time. It was amazing. Yeah, how how'd y'all do? Uh, I did as expected. I went two and four, so that was good. I went two and three, and then dropped, which was yeah. it was fun. My boy, whoop, whoop, two wins for whoop, life. Whoop. Yeah, I I was not in the two win gang. Overachiever. Wow, what a loser. <laughs> loser. Yeah. You had to wake up early the next day, you nerd. I, had to get well, I got so early an hour day. more of sleep than you. <laughs> yeah. I went five and one and made the cut like a loser. Yeah. And then I had to be up at friggin' 6 a.m. to be at a tournament at 7 a.m. because Adepticon closes early on Sundays, so they had to get the cut done by four. Mm-hmm. Gross. Uh, I was wondering why you were talking about being up so early. I'm like, yeah. but, huh? So not only did the top 32 start at 7, but the top 16 also started at 7. Wait, which what? Is because, so there were oh, 19 yeah. people in the cut because they did a graduated cut. All the X and 1s made it. Um, so there were only three games of top 32 going on. So with the hope that the like games would catch up by not ha- by having less games going at once there'd be less going to time. They did those 3 games of the top 32 and then there were the 3 top players that had a bye and then everybody else played their top 16 game. And then once those 3 top 32s were done, they started the other 3 games of the top 16. Like as soon as they were done, they would they would start. What in the name uh, of team covenant shenanigans is that? It was to catch up on time. Okay. They had the to... con closes is a hard end. Yeah. Uh, like they, they had to be done by four. So. Oh, and, uh, gosh. That sounds like chaos. Yeah. So uh, it turns out I don't play X-Wing good at 7 a.m. Uh, I was up right. against Marcel, who is a ridiculously good opponent anyway, and yeah. had a list that was really tough for me. But uh, then I, I just kind of walked into his turn zero, and he uh, he munched me up. Imagine losing to Marcel at this Adepticon. <laughs> I say that because I did. 27 to 4. Nice. Um, yeah, Marcel beat me in round 2. He was my first loss. Um, Marcel's stupid good at X-Wing, guys. He is very yeah. good. He yeah. didn't beat me. So you, Greg yeah. wins again. Greg yeah. is clearly the best of us. What up, dude? Come at me. <laughs> I don't know. I've managed to dodge Marcel at like 10 uh, tournaments that we've been to together, so I'm uh, yeah. trying this to keep my first time. This is my first time playing him. Yeah, yeah I didn't play anybody that I don't know. Well, it's my second time technically, but the first time was a GSP goofy like Wednesday night stream where we played on a circular mat. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you dumpstered him with those. What'd you fly? Yeah, it was, it was a bunch of interceptors in rampage. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were testing out the heavy because it had just come out. And, yeah, uh, that's right. Yes. Uh, this one did not go so well. <laughs> circle mats. Indeed. Well, props to Marcel on that. Uh, He ended up coming in second overall, bridesmaid once more, as they've been saying, Mm -hmm. uh, flying a 
pretty adventurous uh, six-ship rebel list, which, uh, as we've mentioned, rebels are pretty strong right now. B-wings are uh, possibly a bit OP. Who knows? It's debatable. But the overall winner, uh, young Nathan Eide, flying a Republic list that uh, also seems to be pretty strong right now. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess unsurprisingly, the pieces that people had identified as being the strongest stuff at the gate are what was on the final table. Trajectory Simulator, B-Wings, a bunch of two-point ships, Jedi, mm -hmm. lots of fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Although Magva Yara was, I think, a bit unexpected. I think Marcel got pretty spicy with bringing Magva to be a Sabine carrier and make yeah. those B-Wings even more painful. So I think in general, people were kind of sleeping on the U-Wings, and uh, he showed that it was uh, it was pretty effective. Like he, uh, he brought them because he expected a lot of Alpha Strikes, which there are a lot of like double-modded Torps and stuff like that in the game right now. And Magva's ability is, uh, uh, well, a friendly ship or zero to two defends, the attacker can only reroll one die. So it's it's good at negating some of that Alpha Strike. She um, was the first ship I put on the table in 2.0 without, when we weren't proxying, like after it actually released. Oh, uh, yeah. That's I do remember us being pretty high on her right at the beginning indeed, of the second edition. Indeed we were. Indeed. So was there anything else that you guys saw there that was uh, a definite standout? Any kind of lists or archetypes or uh, people that surprised you? I mean, not really, because it was the very first tournament of 2.5. So they pretty much had no expectations yeah. of what to see other than stuff yeah. we thought was good. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was a lot of Republican rebels in the in the tournament. Yeah, they were Republican rebels for about half the field. And then. Which Empire is, was another. Yeah, Empire was another third. Empire had thirty-two people total. Yeah, I guess about a sixth. So there were about sixty-nine Rebel Empire and Resistance or Republic lists. Yeah, the other four, the other four factions had about sixty lists. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I did notice that it was just like we we've been talking about the higher ship counts, and so. Higher ship counts, I think, definitely made a... I don't know if anybody's done any, like, graphing or data, whatever, compiling. Uh, some but, folks have, yes. Okay, I, I would imagine that five plus ship lists were, like, the majority. At by, by far. Except, yeah. Yeah, so five specifically was a very high number. Um, and then four and six were about even. And then I think three was actually still more popular than seven. I know it was more Sad popular than eight. Me noises. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> seven didn't mean any good. <laughs> yeah, nobody brought an eight ship list to Adepticon. Uh, not surprising, since you can only do that with a Tie Fighter or Vulture Droid swarm. Uh, you can do it with uh, one Empire ship and seven Tie Fighters. You don't have that's, to. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's, you know, the swarm is the Ties or the Vultures. Uh, you can't run a whole bunch of any... You can't run eight ships in any other faction. There just simply aren't enough two-point ships to make the math work. But, yep, that was definitely something I saw. Which, I don't know. I don't... I I hope that it doesn't necessarily continue. That it's, like, so strict. Because I know Marcel's list, like, really just punched people in the face. And it was he got brutal, most man. of his points, if not... Yeah, I'm going to say most. Uh, from probably deleting ships, right? Like he can't win twenty-seven to four because he got objectives a lot, right? I mean, he had objectives the whole game. He yeah, did, he had but like that's not his majority. But right? I mean, he had pretty much he killed three Tie Fighters and got to nineteen points off of objectives, and then got to twenty-seven by killing Vader in the last turn. Jesus. Like he was going to win without Boy. killing Vader that turn. He was at nineteen points. He just killed Boy. the eight-point Vader as well. 
Yeah, Which, to be fair, 6 and 8 is 14 out of 27, meaning he got 13 points of objectives and 14 points of ships. So it was about 50 50. I think it's about what mine was as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think most lists, even punchy ones, tend to go about 50 50. And that's just because if you're bullying the other person, it's easier to score objective points. Yep. Oh. I was actually I, thinking about. This. I went for straight killing people a lot with the tie swarm, and it did not fare well. Like I got out objective and put me in a hole pretty much every round that I didn't play. I played against somebody who had more than a couple of reps of two point five. Now, did you have anything with your tie swarm to act as a force multiplier? You didn't have a howl runner or anything of that nature in there, no, did you? That's not the point of the tie fighters in two point or two point five. Yeah. So uh, you really. I mean, Vader obviously still a very powerful uh, offensive piece. Did you feel? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Vader was. I mean, this—that's true. Vader for me was useless. I, yeah. God, yeah. I, I just don't have any. I, I don't have any practice with the tie advanced. Marcel blocked Vader every single turn of the game. Oh. Um, so Vader did not get to target lock in my game against Marcel. And I mean, there are a couple ones where it went better. Like round one and round three, my two wins were better. Or round four is when I got my second win. But I don't think tie fighters like Doug and I were talking about it. Um, Tyvers probably aren't good enough. And droids probably aren't either right now, as far as those two points for me, dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just the offense in 2.5 is amped up quite a bit. So TIE Fighters and Vulture Droids both pop very easily. Like when it was a surprise at Crossroads, I lost three TIE Fighters in a turn. That happened twice at AdeptCon. So it's just, I, it's not that kind of game anymore, I don't think, right now. Well, we're all still adapting. Uh, one of the things is noting that, Doug, you were the only Separatist to make uh, the Day 2 cut. Uh, what were you flying? Uh, Sunfock, Grievous, and three Bombardment Drones. Although, uh, I like obviously people are going to put a lot of weight into the cut because it's the first major tournament. But I think it's worth noting that while I was the only Separatist in the cut, there were three more that went four and two. So like they, they all bubbled out. And at least one of those was the exact same list type as mine. Mm. Um, and I wish I remember who had said it in uh, the, the the chat as the days were going on, but there was a large contingent complaining and calling scum, uh, CIS and Scum both dead on arrival because they weren't making the cut. And somebody said, well, no, there's a CIS list in the cut. And the answer was, yeah, but it's Doug Howe, so that doesn't count. And I thought that was the funniest thing I had heard in days. Like, D Doug's just so good, he'll make the cut with anything. It doesn't mean CIS isn't dead. Uh, because uh, Paul Heaver actually did rather uh, decently, especially first round on stream with a scum list. Uh, but yeah, so he went four and two and bubbled out. Yeah, as well. So there's a lot. I would not write anything off at the moment. Uh, I say a better way to look at it versus like strict number of lists in the cut is to look at conversion rate. Like, so there were only nine separatist lists in the cut and one of them made it or in the tournament and one of them made it. So it was about 10% of separatist lists made the cut. And if you look at the conversion rate, it is about this. It's about correct with all the factions. The only exceptions are resistance and scum who didn't have anybody in the cut, but they both had multiple lists bubble out. Like, so the, the game is probably healthier than people are thinking just looking at that cut because a it's one tournament so it's yeah, people uh, are reactionary but it's yeah. literally been one tournament <laughs> yeah but also if you if you look at the like i guess the saber metrics of the tournament cut so to speak like the the stats actually show that it's pretty healthy there just was a very large presence of three factions yeah. yep and uh, i would rather there be uh this rebel and republic 
you know, because they're salad lists, so there's no auto includes. Well, Ferris maybe. Trajectory like, Buicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like you know, so Magva was an option, right? So like other people might add some things. Where I'm going with this is, yeah, in the early days of 2.0, right? Uh, Phantoms were big. Was that was that 2.0? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was like. It, okay, or Dantex, right? So, like, people look at it and they're like, oh, no, this is the meta, whatever. I look at that final table or I look at the tables in general and I'm like, oh, this is nice. You could take a smorgasbord of things and still make the cut or whatever. Like, there was a there was a guy with uh, two bombers, a G-Shuttle, and two Whispers. And yeah, he went 6-0 and in Swiss and... Was yeah. the top first order guy? Yeah, super neat. So like, I just feel like it adds a little bit because like when we talked about the whispers, uh, when they came out, I remember like Doug, you were saying like you're still gonna take silencer with uh, the silencer Kylo because of like output, like offensive output, but like because two point five is a little bit different, you could take different things. So I I don't know what people have been saying about like meta and stuff like that, but it's it's way up in the air. It's way different than. Yeah. yeah, there's there was a ton of diversity. Like a lot of people are arguing that because there are a lot of five ship lists, it was all of the same stuff mm-hmm. in the cut, but that's really not true. Oh, like, very, very like, much um, not. not all five ship lists are the same. Yeah, yeah I think fact, right. Yeah, somebody did a count, and you have to go like thirty something lists down before you get an identical list, and mm-hmm. that was two people from the same play group bringing the same thing. Right, and something else uh, that I want to point out is that mm-hmm. e- not even all the Rebel lists that made it to the cut contained a Trajectory Simulator B-Wing. One of them, and one I'd love to shout out as probably one of the coolest lists I got to see on stream, was uh, Travis Johnson flying a Luke, Chewie, Sabine, and Hobby four-ship Rebel list. and mm-hmm. just Affectionately ha- called Luke and Chewie. Yeah, <laughs> because really, sim- uh-huh. well... Sabine with that loadout, I believe it was an outmaneuver, Mandalorian optics, and I think ion missiles, is just a great utility piece. Hobby, of course, your two-point filler, but uh, he made real good use of Luke with R3 Astromech and Chewie with Ursa Ren crew. We talked a little bit about that combo last week, but it's really good, and uh, Travis made good yeah, use he, of it. He specifically also used Baze and Biston. So even if you blocked him, uh, the way Bayes works is whenever you take a focus, you can treat it as red to gain an additional focus for each enemy ship at range 0 to 1 up to 2. So three total focuses. And uh, in the rules, you can treat red focuses as red. So you can bump and then take the Bayes focus uh, and Ooh. then have three focuses and two target locks for your double tap. Uh, so it's it's it was a uh, it was probably the only truly PVP uh, list that was in the cut. Um, what does that mean? As in player versus player. His his job his goal was to kill other people. Like not oh, okay. that he ignored objectives, but his goal was to to score points off of killing ships. Okay. Whereas I think a lot most of the lists in the cut at least were focused on scoring objective points. Not that they were bad at killing stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Sunfock and three bombardiers are very good control pieces and Grievous is really hard to kill. So my my goal was to control the board and win on objectives. Gotcha. Indeed. And uh, like we'd mentioned, Nathan Eide winning the whole thing with a Republic list. Uh, that's kind of a good segue into talking about Republic as a faction. A lot of folks are saying it's the way to go right now, and it is certainly showing uh, its strength with a lot of power pieces. 
what did you guys experience uh, Republic-wise at Adepticon? Um, I didn't play against it. So I'll just talk about it because I flew Republic. Um, so I flew uh, Hawk with a... Uh, oh, where did I fly? Oh, gosh. Okay, I flew Hawk with uh, Yoda, 7th Fleet, and Dedicated, I think, was my Hawk. Um, and then, Which I feel is a very strong piece. Now, I've seen Hawks with Ayla and with uh, Palpatine. So there's like different ways that people are doing those. So that's kind of neat. Um, and then I flew four Jedi. Um, and I flew against two Republic lists. And neither, no, one of them had a had a lat. The other one did not. Um, and they were all different. Like people were taking Delta B Barris, uh, CLT Barris. So Delta B Barris is five points, and CLT Barris is three. And so she's kind of the cheap piece all around. Um, and but I yeah, I, so I flew that. I flew a five. How many points? Yeah, five ship lists, and the two lists that I went up against were also five ship uh, republic lists. So I, I it say, seems uh, like it's. I'll oh, go ahead. Finish your. Um, uh, so just like just for my input, because I don't play a lot, I chose Republic because of the passive mods and the fact that I can still take uh, what are they called? Uh, like objective actions? No. Scenario actions. Scenario actions. Um, and I can um, uh, fine-tune controls into the area so that I can get in range one. I could do all those things. And it's not... I think it was easier if I flew like a separatist list. I probably would have just got stomped even more because you have to actually try you know, harder to get your actions and such. Um, but with the Republic, I just kind of flew in a direction, boosted into range, took my focus, and shot at stuff. And I did pretty good. I had some close games. My uh, Two of my losses were pretty close. So, you know, it could have gone either way. And while I was playing, I was like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I missed that objective. Oh, there's another point I could have had. And I lost that game by two. So I could have, you know, there's different things you could do. But Republic, I think, is in a solid spot for uh, people that are coming into this not knowing what to do and how to build. So Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody would argue that uh Republic probably is aggressively costed. Like it's very easy to build Republic lists that feel good. Um mm. and just as a tidbit there were I don't remember exactly how I many I want to say fifty uh Republic lists. There were thirty eight contrails and thirty seven barrises. There were wow. six Republics in the top cut and all six of them featured Barris and Contrail. So, like, yeah. <laughs> take that for what you will. But uh, clearly they have a very good two-point piece in Contrail, which is not surprising. It's a V-Wing, which is already good at two points, and then it's I-5. And if its ability triggers, it's really strong. And, yeah, then, and he uh, has loadout points, right? No, he doesn't. No, no. Oh, he okay, just, okay, okay. He just Ooh, either he gets a choice of configuration. Oh, um, right, right, okay. Yeah, but Barris, who is probably arguably the best three-point ship without loadout points, gets loadout points. Oh. Um and then you said you played against a, a Delta B Barris. I, I, did. I didn't see any, but I, did. I, I think she's also really good. Yeah. And the funny thing was, is that I had assumed that she was a CLT Barris. And when I got in her face, I died. And that was funny because he was just like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, oh, well, like, why, why are you hitting me with so many dice? And he goes, well, that's what Delta Bs do. And I was like, ah, 
cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Gosh, that's, that's that was my fault. That's gonna think, be rough to keep track of because that's since they're two, they are now technically two separate ship chassis that use the same model. Yeah, Man, I mean, gonna, that's it's gonna... the same as having a CLT and a Delta B before. Yeah, it's, it's just... the exact same. I, I say, know. It, it just, right. Until they weird... actually re-release Delta B cards, I'm going to keep using the Delta B configuration with my cards I think everybody to is. avoid confusion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was not... It, he did not keep it a secret. It was just me assuming he never was, you know, never was like, oh, he thinks it's blah, blah, blah. I mean, there was probably a point where I boosted right into him, and he was like, does he think that this is a... But no, he wasn't, like, keeping it a secret. So yeah, it's... It's just like if we play against Republic, we need to be uh, more aware and just ask those questions. Like, is that a Delta B? Is that a CLT? Whatever, because you know you still provide the card, like whatever. But um, yeah, so it, it could be confusing for sure. But yeah, um, I think additionally, like they every Anakin is pretty playable. As uh, Nathan I showed, uh, Anakin Y Wing is pretty good now. Uh, it turns mm -hmm. out whenever you make his loadout points the or his squad value the same price as his base price was before, but then give him uh, what is it like twenty something loadout points? So you oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, super fat <laughs> pro torp Anakin Y Wing with afterburners. Um, that's good. Time. Uh, yeah, they gave Ed Ada's cannons back, and uh, you thought auto blasters were a menace before, but now you have because you have to push yourself at and you know where the are, so they can just be on a different side Plus, and get free uh, crits into you. Uncancelable crits literally prevent you from winning one of the objectives. Yeah. <laughs> I say my my one oh, loss yeah. in Swiss was to a full crit Anakin with Matt with Malice, who was just regardless of results, minimum two crits between Malice and R seven A seven. Not to mention marksmanship, like he. Uh, I I was up pretty far, and then he punished me one turn, and Sunfok died very fast. Yikes! That was Eda Anakin. Eda yeah. Anakin, yeah. Yeah. And That's then so you have pieces that I think people are starting to figure out. Like Ahsoka is incredibly good. A she can take chopper, which is really good. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that was. But her funny. ability is a coordinate that is not listed as a coordinate. Like it is, it's just giving somebody an action, which means if they're carrying a cargo in salvage mission, for example, you can still Ahsoka a free action to them. Things like that. Yeah, that really useful. I've uh, been looking at Republic quite a bit, mostly because of uh, the Hawk uh, thing, mm -hmm. with the fact that it used to be when we looked at Lats, Warthog or the generic were where you went and you wanted to carry Seventh Fleet Gunner and things like that, or the uh, Commander Cody combo, the Hand of the Strain, and that's what I've been mostly looking at. But they're. Uh, what is it? Uh, the not focused fire, but the, the, their chassis ability, the mm -hmm. the ability to give other people rerolls all the freaking time. Fire convergence. fire convergence, yes, is still so good. And yet, of all of the Republic lists out there, only one of them with a lat made the cut, and that just goes to show you it's not. I mean, I, I assumed that Hawk being probably the most valuable lat who never got any play before two point five. And now suddenly Hawk, by virtue of being an I-4, forget his pilot ability. You're almost never going to use it. It's the tornado. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the insane oh, loadout sure. that he gets. And you can put so much on him. There's so many different ways to build a lat. You can build it still as a pure support ship. You can build it as uh, an offensive ship. You can build it as both. I believe uh, Kyle Borgo ran it with dedicated barrage rockets and Aela Secura for that focus into purple coordinate 
insanity that you can do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then really, gosh, the, the ether sprites just feel so good right now uh, with that fine-tuned controls at their cheap point. Because you can run a bunch of them just at three and four points, and you've got incredibly nimble, incredibly agile pieces that can claim objectives. Uh, man, they are really strong. What gets me about Republic, and I know there are enough people that say they were never good, but that torrents are borderline unplayable right now. I feel that just for cost. I don't even know that they're bad. Jedi are just so much better. Why? Right. That's what I'm saying. There, like... there is no way you would ever pay the points for a torrent when mm-hmm. you have other options available. Mm-mm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so. that's. Um, I mean, if if I had to make one specific change in uh, in Republic, I would switch Tucker and Contrail. I would make Tucker the two pointer with no loadout, and Contrail would be three or mm-hmm. four with loadout points. Because uh, yeah, for sure. There's it's it's crazy that that torrents are four, and there's an i five viewing that's two. Yeah, like that, that, you know, oddball in the torrent is five points, and I'm not saying anybody should ever bring oddball for reasons, but there is nothing that can justify oddball being more than Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah it's it, really especially like, I don't know his orange number is pretty big. Uh, yeah, but there's uh, don't point out contrail. Well, I'll say there's the other oddball. The V-Wing oddball is only four points for I-5. (laughs) Right, um, and it's a much better ship. Torrents are way better than V-Wings. Look at the fifth. I mean, I think Torrents and V-Wings are comparable ships, which is why it's it's goofy that Torrents are just across the board more expensive. And I get they got the second missile slot, so they have barrage rockets as an option to essentially be three-die guns. But uh, just in in a faction with so many other good pieces. Uh, I think Torrents are struggling to find a place. The point is also is that Oddball, which you can put Barrage Rockets on, costs you just as much as Trajectory Simulator 10 Num. That, yeah, I mean, I don't think Oddball is a good comparison. He's just no. bad. Like, yeah. The, the four-point Torrents are more arguable and might have a place in a faction that didn't have Jedi. Right. Um, you know, I you take Num probably. Like... That kind of a jouster with the barrage rockets. That seems kind of solid, but Jedi are just better. Yeah, and, and they might, and they might see this, and they might go, "Oh, okay, that's what this faction do." And yeah, you know, AMG is what I'm talking about. And and uh, they could go back and they could switch some stuff up because honestly, they should <laughs> uh, look at those uh, CLT Jedi. Just for, I mean, like I love that you can put like a bunch of them together because that's just super fun, but. Should they be the same price as like torrents, like we're talking? No. Yeah, like I think just, they, it's a at, no. At minimum, they need to lose loadout points if they're going to stay at their point, their point threshold. Like sure. it should be CLT just CLT. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like just CLT or just CLT and a two point, like two points of loadout or something. So you can pick a force talent or an astromech or something. But, right. uh, yeah, yeah. Like Luminar can have. Uh, patience or whatever like and then you could try to do a, a an astromech on somebody else and yeah well, like sure. uh i think barris is a great example of like barris at three points with no loadout is very good and mm-hmm. she might still be auto include but i don't think it's nonsense whereas right now you get instinctive aims and six points of missile of your choice and <sighs> you can just make her a three die gun that is also a jedi like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for yeah. three points is, is a crazy value yeah she was pretty solid so yeah 
Spe and speaking of crazy value, doing a bit of a segue here, uh, a lot of us have uh, shelled out quite a bit of money this past week because two new ships hit the, the shelves finally. Uh, surprising all of us for the holidays, it looks like uh, AMG got a boat unstuck somewhere and the Gauntlet and the Razorcrest hit the shelves. Sheesh. By the way, we all got addicted to Zoomer memes on our way to <laughs> Yeah, they can, they were talking about their Zoomer memes. I'm like, I don't know what this is, so they explained it, and I can't stop sheeshing all the time now. Sheesh. I've never felt so old as I do. Sheesh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's great. That was, that was our trip, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I will say embrace it. Don't fight it. I sheeshed multiple times during the tournament. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, the Gauntlet and the Razorcrest are out, and they're dope. Yeah, uh, Doug, yeah. you and I, uh, you flew them against me in a league game, and I know, you, did you bring them to the uh, tournament the other night? I have only flown Gauntlet list since the Gauntlet came out. <laughs> Same. How, how's it feel? Oh, I really like it. I don't know if it's good or not, but it's fun. It is um, fun. I think there are a couple of standout pilots, um, and there's a couple that I think have potential. Um, in general, it's kind of an awkward piece. Um, it's not particularly offensive for a seven-point ship. It's not particularly supportive. Like it's not as good as like a lat that's built out to support, for example. Um, or if it is, you're you're bringing a seven-point ship to do it. And so I think people are gonna have to really find the optimized builds for them. But uh, I mean, it's eleven health on two agility, which in a you know average of like six round game now is really hard to bring down. Yeah, you know what the best part about it. Is it looks great? It does, and I don't good. care. I don't care what it does during the game. It looks so good on the table, and, and it's they... surprisingly stable. Like unlike the first edition Ghost, that was oh. very top heavy and easy to knock over, it yeah. feels stable, and it's a very light model, so it doesn't feel super top heavy. They yeah. did a they did a good job with it. Yeah, yeah that's same. the thing. It almost feels too light. I, I I picked one up and I was like, oh no, I would nudge this thing and knock it all over the place. And not only that, it's so high up above the table. I am always so scared when I see one that I'm going to lean on it and shatter it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's so big. It would it'd be hard to miss. You need it to be that high so you can see its template. It's also so you can see the stuff under it because stuff stuff does disappear oh, yeah. under that ship. So I've been flying the gauntlet and a couple of lats. Uh, with uh, in the list and the lats look so small compared to the gauntlet and i love it i don't know why it's just so like the just the everything about it is just so fun i mean it is an epic ship in a regular sized game like it is an epic so, ship. and it looks and like so, it <laughs> i'm so happy they didn't put it in epic and they were like f it we're putting it in the regular game because like you so i've actually got the chance uh because they came out to play three games this week uh, which is a lot for me. And um, and so, or I guess last week. And uh, I've flown three lists, all with the gauntlet. And yeah, it's weird. They're super weird because Bo-Katan, they're like, they're like, here's a gauntlet. Now fly Bo-Katan. Like, is it that, is that, anybody else get that? Uh, well, if you're flying it in, uh, in, in, uh, Republic, because the only other option is the generic, right? There's no other name pilot in uh, Republic. Right. right, and then in Separatist, it's like that or Previsla, which I really like Previsla, so... Uh, yeah, I, Previsla is 
my favorite gauntlet. So Super far. cool. I love it. I love God, it. I hate Previsla so much. Every single time in our game. Okay, Doug, what is Previsla's ability as a separatist pilot? So Previsla's ability is two recurring charges. Uh, when he performs an attack against a ship, his initiative or higher, he can spend two charges to, to roll an additional die. Uh, so he's, he's essentially an Upsilon or a ghost on yeah, offense. It's solid. And he's then an initiative you three. Out the yeah. And I was mm-hmm. running a first order list that was predominantly initiative four. And every single time he'd be like, oh, look, here's pre Guess I'm a ghost now. And it just, oh, it felt so bad. He hits like a you, truck. I don't know if you saw the absolutely insanity moment uh, Matt Ritz and I had that same night in our last round of the game. I'm down to just Previsla against a uh, like full health Merle and a six health Y wing that has bomb generator, and he decides to spend the shield to recharge his bombs because not this turn but the next turn he can start bombing me and I'm in a bad spot to get away around it. And I was like, "Are you sure? Because I'm gonna have a range one on you." And he was like, "Yep, that's fine." So he spent the shield, bring himself down to five health, and then got into range one of me. So I previsled up to five dice, natty four hits and a crit, and one shot the Y wing. Oh, oh my god. god, that gross. Oh my god. Oh no. So uh, have you been taking uh so I've I know I'm gonna probably just steal this whole gauntlet conversation, but have you been taking the uh uh the oh my gosh, the Mandalorians. The commandos. Uh, I I played so I played on Friday. We had a tournament, a three rounder, uh, and I played Ezra in the the Rebel Gauntlet um, okay. with two arcs, Blount and Derek. And I put the Mandos on one of the arcs, but I haven't been taking them on the Ghost or on the Gauntlet. But they're not. What I thought yeah. you could only put them on Mandos. No, oh, no, you just no. Take two crews. You can put them on. Uh... You can put them on a Lambda. You can put them on a Decimator. You can put them on... Lambdas uh, aren't real. Yes, true, very true. <laughs> but you can put them oh, on any uh, double crew. It's, yeah, they ridiculous. just require an extra crew oh, slot cool. and non-small ship. I'll know what I was thinking then. Cool, cool. Okay. Tr- well, because every record, time I've been flying the gauntlet, I want to get those commandos out there because they've been so fun. They are very fun. I don't yeah. think they're worth it, but they're very fun. But they're fun, and that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, every time I drop one, whatever, make them do their thing. And it's like, just get them out on the board and shoot with them. Because when they get their two hits and, like, they actually do some stuff, it's just, like, my little buddies. Like, I don't know. I just, it like, I, I like them a lot. And the art on the token is stupid it's, good. It's really good, yeah. It is amazing. I literally, like, so I was like, oh, I'm sure they'll make acrylic versions of these. And then I was, like, looking at it. I was like, no, the art is so good. It's so yeah. pretty. I think it's goofy that they're all unique for perfection and that there's not just like a Mandalorian Commandos card that's generic because there aren't factions. I mean, the only factions that don't get it are First Order and and uh, Resistance, um, which yeah. I mean, I guess yes, they, they were can... talking about it the other day. Yeah. Like how it's ridiculous. There's five different versions of the card. Yeah. I think and they're all exactly bad because of the cards. There's a cards for everything, right? Because they're all different. But yeah, I kind of like that no... they did it. There's no there's, difference between any of them. Yeah, they could have just been a generic, they had, like, been a generic upgrade. I would have thought that would have been cool with like an ability, like say the yeah the night owls do something different than the imperial ones. Yeah, I thought that would have been neat. But I mean, if 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 we got some different art, then that's it. Because yeah, and third, I like I like the imperial whites, uh, the the uniforms. 
Um, but I don't play Imperials, so I just get to like look at them. But I like the way they look. Like with the I don't think anybody would judge you if you decided to use the Imperial Commandos with your Resistance <laughs> or Republic list. Yes. yes. Honestly, um, the only thing I don't like about the Gauntlet is that all of the chits have one faction on one side and a different faction of the uh, on the other, and that's that is so well, it's so dumb for my for because I organize everything by faction, and now I have to have a separate gauntlet section. Oh, you have to have a whole box of the gauntlet, like you. It is ruined. Say, storage about in general faction. is hard yeah. with the gauntlet. Look how freaking big it is. It takes up half of a plano if you took out all the container, like all the yeah. separators. It's like, oh, this is yeah, my gauntlet section. Yeah. Um, when I get one, that's definitely a uh, that's a display ship right there. What's your pre Vizsla build? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. It's Savage, Mandalorian Optics, and then I think you have three points left over. Mandalorian Optics. Or... I think you yeah, have Seismics on it. I did, but I'm I've been messing around with different stuff. Two point. Oh, uh, sorry. Three, three points. points. So yeah. I'm leaning towards Veteran Tail Gunner and Marksmanship as my last three points. Um. So. Okay, yeah, so I did better in Tail Gunner. Um, I think that's almost... A, I mean, even though you only get it off, like, maybe once or twice, but the fact that you can stop, sometimes you can kind of plan those things. Yeah, and, and for Previsla, the back arc isn't as useless, because you can bump up the dice. Which I nice. played with Boba set. Where's Boba? In Separatists? No, maybe it was Jango. There's Boba Gunner. Change one of your enemy... There's Boba Gunner, yeah. That's the one where if nobody's in your arc, you get well, to maybe do I stuff. Did That's ter- yeah, Boba Gunner's terrible. Uh, no, no. He's the one that says, while uh, you perform an attack, if there are no other ships in the attack arc, you may change one of your focus results to a hit result. Yeah, if there's no other ships in the attack arc, that means that your target is literally the only ship, including friendlies, in that entire Correct. arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did it, so I played with that today, and it triggered like three or four times really and it's, huh. it's because they were oh wait attack arc so that's range one to zero to three right yeah okay so yeah it was because somebody was out of arc but this other ship was in arc and so i took ah, the target lock okay. and then i got to do my thing and then it was like a free focus it was like having a force or something. it's fanatical yeah like okay. uh, yeah, yeah yeah but yeah there is a lot of but i was just saying that's what i did um okay. yeah but i've been having a lot of fun with that too and then i flew Especially like in 2.5 world, Boba Fett has some interesting things because people are not pointing themselves just at you and jousting. I mean, there's a lot of that, but people have to point at objectives now. So you can manipulate arcs, like who's in what arc a little easier than you could before. Mm -hmm. I have also found a lot with the gauntlet. Uh, I grant it's only five games, but uh, I think in all five of them, uh, if I didn't present the gauntlet as the priority choice, they chose not to go for it because it has so much health that it's like, I can turn my whole list into this gauntlet and let the rest of the list flank me, or I can ignore just the gauntlet. Um, So in situations like that, things like Boba Fett Gunner gain more value. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know it was just a one-off game, but I think it triggered like three or four times, and uh, each time it was like money, especially because I could just add that die. So a range two or three shot with four die, a target lock, and an auto... Or a focus to a hit, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But uh, that was, yeah, it's been super fun. I've really enjoyed the gauntlet. It's beautiful. The art is beautiful, and it's been fun. Uh, it has a lot of upgrade slots. Yes, and it yeah, it does. I haven't, I haven't really used them because crews. You just go with an expensive crew, 
and then like maybe a gunner or something. But like if I was to do drop seat on say Bo Katan, because Bo Katan has a lot more slots. Which faction Bo Katan? Oh, uh, just Separatists uh, or Republic even. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of slots. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's twelve upgrade slots. Yeah, and, I, mean, I think you just have to decide what you're trying to get out of the ship. Like, are you wanting it to be very utility focused? Because then you might want a lot of cheaper options that are more niche uses. But like for Previsla, for example, I go with Savage and Mandalorian Optics, which is the majority of his 18 points. But they both do what I want, which is they pump up the offense. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Okay, that's all I got about the gun. All right. Well, and uh, other than the gauntlet, Alex, I know you've flown uh, the Razor Crest a bit. Uh, I paused the Razor Crest. I have not played X Wing since it came out. Ah, the, yeah, that's right. You brought you brought a list and didn't play. Uh, well, I, I did bring a list. I brought my stuff still packed from Adepticon and didn't play. So uh, I didn't intend on playing. Well, here I was hoping we'd have some. Uh, it looks fun. Yeah, it seems uh, like a middle I, list that I want to play. I'll play it. <laughs> I played against a Mandalorian on Friday. Um, How feel? It, it seems pretty solid. Mandalorian himself is very tanky. Um, he didn't have L three on it, and I think L three is an auto include. I hate to say you gotta that. have a big. Yeah. you gotta have a good reason to not include. L3. Yeah, so I hate to say it's an auto include so early into the release, but its blues are so bad, and L three makes them pretty good. It's it's and, definitely an include while learning the ship. You can yeah. always play around with removing it later as you get more familiar with the ship. But when you're only your straights are blue and your turns are red, making your banks blue is help is huge. Yeah, it has such a good dial if you can clear stress, and it just isn't good at clearing stress with that L three. That it is, and uh, one of the things about it, though, I mean, it, it is really. A- I think it's one of the coolest looking ships that's come out. They did it. Oh, it, it's hot, model. man! It yeah. it literally shines like chrome. In paint, painted plastic. It's amazing. Like, yeah. But the thing I think that people have been talking about the most about it is some of the cards that come with it. Uh, we we got them spoiled on our way back from Crossroads, but uh, enduring and notorious. Really, people seem to be really hot on those talents. Uh, any enduring, reason? I'm all, all in on because um, there's a there's a scenario where crits remove your ability to score points so what if we yeah. cancel those first i don't know that enduring is exciting but it's very very good like <laughs> um, i'm not as high on the other one uh, i ran notorious on ezra and it was really really nice That's um, like it's it like just giving people free strain is really nice and then on top of it if you shoot after them you get a reroll out of it but i uh, yes. just straining two people to shoot at you a turn is worth two points to me. That's is that fair. faction specific? You must nope. have an illicit equipped. Yeah. Must have an illicit. Okay. Enduring, okay. on the other hand, is, is generic. But right. I think everybody, I mean, enduring is just, you, there's, for a two point talent, there is no downside to it because it's defensively great because, again, bullseyes are not the easiest thing in the world to line up. Canceling crits, always good, especially now that we have. Uh, the salvage mission out there. Well, canceling crits before hits, not just canceling crits. Yeah. Right, that's right. I mean, it is good to not take crits at any chance, I'll grant you. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think Enduring is pretty money right now. And then the if you do suffer a crit, getting that free red calculate or focus from your action bar is 
I guess if you decided you were going to use your action for a scenario action and you end up eating a crit, at least if you're attacking after that, you get. I mean, a it's just percent. it's just bonus. It doesn't yeah. have to trigger for the card to be good. But like, there will be situations where you haven't done a focus or calculate, and you have a shot, or you're getting shot again, or something, and it's nice. It just seems like a really good uh, three. No, well, so the question is, how many copies of it come with the gauntlet? And because that comes in the gauntlet as well, right? And one in the gauntlet. And during comes razor in the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. Notorious only comes in the razor. Which crest. notorious is unique. So it's unique anyway. Yeah. But how many copies come in with the uh, razor crest? One of each. One in each. Oh, so if you're wanting to run a lot of enduring, that's going to cost you some cash until it comes out in a card pack or something. Borrow, I highly suggest borrowing from your friends. Yeah, well. Or printing off your lists, it. and if you're playing casual games, don't, like, if you're playing casual games, people who print out their lists, don't be a dick and make them present the cards. There's so many cards now, like, as long yeah, as they have a way to differentiate charges and stuff like that, like, don't force people to have six copies of enduring or whatever. Uh, while we're on that, Doug, could you elaborate a little bit on maybe what site you used? And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah good call, Greg. Shout yeah, out, Greg. So it's, it's called uh, Infinite Arenas. I was not the person that came up with this or anything. Mm -hmm. I stole it off the internet, but it's uh, you, you essentially make custom quick builds. So like you update your, you upload your, your Yasby link to Infinite Arenas, and it will uh, create quick builds. So it'll be the ship with the pilot ability on it and all of the upgrades on the card. Uh, and you can do multiple different sizes of card. Uh, I will warn you that if you have a lot of upgrades or you have like particularly text-filled upgrades, it'll mess with the the formatting a bit. So like I had struts on my droids, but I didn't put the struts on the quick build. I just brought the strut card as well, which I would do anyway because it's a dual-sided yeah. card. But it also yeah. messed with the art really hard because it's a lot of text. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's a, a really good way to, if you have one list that you run all the time, or like you're going to a tournament, so you know you're going to be running this list to print off the quick builds of them. Uh, I would guess that most tournaments will do what Adepticon did, which is they are legal as long as you have the physical cards as well, in case somebody wants to see them. Yeah, they save a lot of space on the table. Is what this big God, one. I'll tell you what. Oof. I had I will... so many cards. I was, oh my gosh. I, I even tried to use like little uh, plastic uh, holders, whatever. And I just had 7,000 tokens, 42,000 cards, and it was just like, I don't... My sixth-round opponent was like, do I do I really have to get my stuff out? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. But yeah, I will I say uh, one thing. Uh, so like when I printed out lists, I just printed out the simple version off of Yasby, and somebody mentioned that in the future, it's probably good to print, print out the... What is it? Fancy version? The, that um, gives the card text? It gives the card text, yeah, because... Especially if you're doing things like infinite arenas, it's not super easy to see what upgrades are on each ship. So you can just hand somebody your list with all the card text. So if they have any questions, it's there for them. Uh, oh, so have to... both. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. print out your list plus have your your quick. That's like yeah, that that's probably a lot better. That sounds really smart. There. That's even that's so much easier than still even just having a card. Like because they're just so much so much. Yeah, that's right that's that's my least favorite thing about two point five is the the setup time and the amount of space needed to play the game greatly increased. Indeed, it did. Indeed, it did. Mm -hmm. Well, as uh, we've got more experience with them under our belts, uh, last episode we talked about the chance engagement uh, scenario, and uh, I wanted to cover a little bit about one of the other scenarios this week, the uh, Assault at the Satellite Array, which is the one that doesn't have any scenario actions with it. It's just the uh, area control 
one. Uh, you guys all got to play at least one round of it at Adepticon, and have, I assume played it a few uh, times. Two rounds. It was one of the ones that repeated. Okay. Case. So uh, how, how does that feel as games go? We've, we've all, you know, chance engagement's familiar to everybody. That's dogfighting like we've always had X-Wing. But as probably the least complicated scenario, uh, because you're not having to make action decisions, uh, what are some strategies that we found for this one? Uh, I don't have all the numbers with me, but one thing I do remember seeing uh, somebody who posted, uh, they, so Adepticon had, um, sheets that you could write down like each round, how many points were scored based on objectives and based on ship count or ships killed and stuff like that each round. And, uh, assault of the satellite array was the second highest in terms of ship score over objective score. Like I think, um, the toe one is at, uh. Salvage. Oh, salvage salvage was yes. the heaviest on the scenario side in terms of scenario points scored the most points on average which makes sense yeah. to me and obviously chance was the most for ships destroyed but uh but assault was the second highest um which i think makes sense because um because of forced movement in x-wing you can't just turret everybody around objectives you can't just chill at these points yeah and if you do you have to turn yourself away from fights so it's really easy for people to pounce on you so it does uh, it engineers fighting each other really well um that being said it's my least favorite from a scenario perspective because of the forced movement it feels uh, it just feels the most awkward to me what is this forced movement meaning you because you, you have to move you can't just sit there yeah so like in other war games and stuff, units don't have to move each round. You can just keep them in the same place. And with X-Wing, unless you have a zero stop, you have to keep moving forward. Okay. And even self-bumping, which is an option, you're going to suffer some penalties if you try that. Uh, something that's interesting and something I saw on the, uh, the stream game of it I watched is that placement of scenario objectives is a lot more complex than you think it might be because there's we've talked about the definite risk and rewards of trying to seize the center objective but there's that option of if you have a ship that can slow roll for multiple turns in that range one bubble and you want your opponent to come to you you can you can put that as close to you can on your side while if you've got ships that don't have one straights, for example, you might want the objective spread out more so you can guarantee getting close to at least one. But I think more than the other two uh, objective-based scenarios, not really counting chance engagement as an objective-based scenario, uh, like you pointed out with the, the points, Doug, this one really incentivizes going after the opponent's ships primarily. Uh if you are, and I found this out to my chagrin multiple times, if you are focusing on just getting those objective points to the, like, hey, I'm going to barrel roll with my medium base so I can claim two points, but I now have no mods, that is a big risk if your opponent capitalizes on it. On the other hand, uh, Doug and I played a game where I had a ARC-170 Two turns in a row capture at least two points. So that... Yeah, I think it's also... 
this this is just speculation. This might be completely wrong, but I think it's the scenario that most frequently doesn't have all five points being scored because whenever you are contesting points with each other, there's a lot of times they'll just cancel each other out and nobody will get a point for that objective. Or one will get left behind completely. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas mm-hmm. like scramble, if one gets left behind, somebody's just scoring a point off that every turn. Nobody's near it. And, and nobody's leaving a box behind. Yeah. Things like and, that. So. Like Chance Encounter obviously has rounds where no points are scored, Yeah, and I, I'm referring, referring to, to these yeah. three, the three with yeah. m- the majority that have actually... The five like, token scenarios. Yeah. Um, but that puts another emphasis on killing ships to get points. Because if uh, if you're averaging you know, one person getting two and one person getting one point every round, it's going to be a long game unless you're killing ships. Mm-hmm. And that's the podcast, folks. Lat, 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 lat. I hit the absolute wrong key there. The uh, as I was saying, the the first couple of lists I built for scenarios were all built around mobility. I wanted to be able to get across the board and seize objectives quickly. Not a lot of offensive output, and I found out really fast that if you don't plan to actually shoot the opponent's ships, if that is not part of your victory condition, you've got a much steeper hill to climb. Uh, there, the, the dogfighting has not gone away. Do not let yourself get fooled into thinking that. Uh, at least 50% of the objectives do require primarily you killing the opponent's ships. Uh, and if you overlook that, you're in for a world of hurt. So I wish I could find those stats, but I believe even in in salvage the toe one uh it was still something like the average objective score was like 12 which still means you have to kill an average of eight points worth of ships which is still almost half of somebody's list and that's in this the most heavily scenario objective one so like dogfighting is still a core element of the game in all four scenarios also these percentages are very likely to change as time goes on yeah, too. yeah and again this and is this is it'll one... probably ebb and flow as Points changes come out too. Some points changes will probably heavily favor killing more, and some will probably heavily favor objectives more. Um, but yeah, it, like I said, it has just been one tournament so far, so it's grain of salt for all of these points. Did you just call him Alex? I said, as Doug said, oh, now. <laughs> oh, I say nobody in our house says the word Alex because everyone calls me Spittle. Um, so I don't know why I would have said that. Yeah. <laughs> but I said it's. Everything we're saying is with a grain of salt because the sample size is so absurdly low. Yeah, even yeah, with Objecticon is... being uh, Objecticon, Adepticon, Objective Objective because it's not dogfighting anymore. It's just objectives. Even with it being a hundred ninety-two person tournament, that's still a relatively small sample size. Well, the thing is, the the size, the number of people in the tournament doesn't really matter as far as like cut percentages and all that. Like it helps, but one tournament is one tournament. Even if it like five hundred people would give us a better idea of what people thought was good, but I don't know if it would tell us what is good. Right. Also, better. just game's only been out for a month. Like if this was a year after the release of the game, the meta would be a lot more solved. Regardless of number of tournaments, it's this is still the infancy of this edition. Now, at this point, in one point, our Doug and I were still canceling crits before hits. That's how early. You all thought you had enduring. It was great. Yeah. What is the name of that syndrome where people think they know something? Like the level Cunning of knowledge for, you have of some 
Uh, the Mandela effect. Yeah, no, the Mandela effect. The Mandela, the, the Mandela effect is if you, you are certain something is true that isn't. Yeah, that's that's the Berenstein Bears. That's the, the Mandela. Effect. No, you're talking about the Dunning Kruger syndrome. Yes, Dunning Kruger. I Which, I think that the majority of people are either at the peak of think they know everything but know nothing, or are just hitting the oh my god we don't know anything on on that bell curve right now. I yeah. I think there there is maybe single digit number number of people who actually know anything about this game right now and most of them are developers i like to well, point out that doug also was a fine example there of cunningham's law where if you want to get well, the answer to something on the internet provide the wrong answer first and then um, let someone provide you the right that answer yes uh, you know who taught me that <laughs> albert einstein <laughs> now we're just moving <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm not as smart to join this conversation anymore. I literally had to Google the name of that law because I couldn't. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's when you want answer but say wrong thing. And it was like Cunningham's Law. And I was like, there we go. A joke. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Occam's Razor. True, though, right? It's like the old joke about if you're, you know, if you crash your plane on a desert island, how do you get yourself rescued? Simple. Take some vodka and some vermouth and mix a martini, and then everybody will show up to tell you you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the gauntlet's cool. Razor yeah, Crest is pretty cool. Razor Crest looks, looks cool. They they knocked both the models out of the park. That's for sure. Oh, they Indeed. look amazing. Looks yeah, good. can't wait for the new stuff to be uh, announced because just from what pictures we've seen, those models also look really dope. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I believe when they were first spoiled, there was talks of a late May release. I kind of doubt that's the case right now with how little information we've gotten. Um, but that was also back whenever they said the Gauntlet and the Razor Crest were going to come out in June, so who knows? Maybe they'll yeah. be out on the, on shelves next week. Yep. Uh, some That'd be not kind of, my wallet. Yeah, some late-breaking news uh, day of as we record this. Uh, there are going to be some more world qualifiers, AMG has said, in Europe. Uh, at least two, and I think they said maybe three. Uh, so that's good for some of our European folks out there. They did uh, broach the idea of or the subject of difficulties with production and shipping. COVID is still a problem there. So that's why they've made no announcements as to the next wave for timing yet. Uh, so at least that's that's the best they can do. We don't have a hard date on anything yet, but hey, things can change. We, we weren't supposed to get these ships till June, and we got them last week. So Well, we were supposed to get them on the 30th, and then not until June, and then we got them on the 31st, so... Yeah. Who knows? Cheese. God damn it. <laughs> well, with all that, uh, do we have any particular shout outs from uh, Adepticon that we wanted to give? I would shout out Lord Jason, the Lord of Blanks. Um, he's from the Omega Squadron podcast. Uh, we just chatted after a round. He's a very cool guy. Yeah, I chatted with him for a while as well. Um, um, yeah. Omega Squadron. Um, give him a listen. I would like to also like to shout out uh, Sean Quinn. Uh, I played him in the cut at LVO. Uh, he was running um, a First Order Swarm, uh, but he was running uh, almost an identicalist that I was at um, Adepticon this weekend. And he he bubbled out, went four and two. Uh, we were playing right next to each other in round six, both four and one. And he lost an absolute nail biter to Justin Gearing. Shout out to him, who's a, a local ish of ours. Uh, but I. Justin won either 19 to 18 or 20 to 19, one of those two, like as time's yeah, called. It was just like, barely yeah, didn't make the um, bubble there. Justin, uh, one of the Manhattan Marauders, organizes a lot of games out there in uh, central Kansas. Really, really yeah, a so, big uh, yeah, congrats community. on making the cut to Justin. Um, he went yeah, out in the top 32, 32, but he nailed yeah. it. That's awesome. Congrats. 
Also, shout out to Mark Myers, who's the top resistance. Uh, we have dope Adepticon medals to show that we're the best in our factions. Uh, uh, Matt Carey lost to Thomas Anderson, who's another St. Louis local, who apparently had played in one eight-person three-round tournament before Adepticon, and he was the top rebel. Going. The Taylor maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He went five and one, got the, 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 the rebel medallion, which is no joke, because there were 52 of those players mm. like uh so shout out to him as well for having a hell of a tournament so you're saying three missouri people finished top in faction at adepticon that is correct yes you know mm. it's been said that we are the most talent dense uh area for x-wing and i've yet to see that disproved i, I mean, mean no it's yeah, and I feel extremely... like it's hard. She... But it's hard to argue with Nova's success over the entire length of X-Wing. I will actually argue with that, though. So. Oh, okay. uh, well, Paul Heaver here... with, like, a word. Paul Heaver, Ira, Travis, Duncan. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Mm. What have they done lately? Actually, they've done pretty well lately, too. Damn. Yeah, like, they were all just <laughs> at Adepticon. Except for Indeed. Ira in this place anymore. So, again, Adepticon in the books. Uh, first major tournament. Take everything uh, with a grain of salt because, again, it's been one tournament, but learn from what you can. There are some great lists out there. Uh, there are some lists that might not have performed well, but it just might not be their time. So I don't think anything other than maybe Torrance can be written off as uh, utterly useless, at least that we've covered so far. When we get to the other factions, they've all probably got at least one turd in the punch bowl. But uh, Gross. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of gross. Uh, Something else Don't to mention keep your is that there, people. Like, oh, third of the bunch, but what an old person thing to say. <laughs> she. <laughs> I hate you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. It only took what sixty episodes to break the newt. <laughs> I will break the man. Oh my god! <laughs> going to blow up this entire podcast. <laughs> and now newt's on a watch list. <laughs> oh like god. I haven't been on a watch list for the past decade. All right. Well, on that note, uh, oh, something else to drop. Our comrades across the state at the uh, Midwest Scrubcast are going to be putting on a tournament in May, uh, the 21st and 22nd, the Midwest Scrubdown, which will be a uh, extended format tournament, but using the ban list. Um, and scenarios. And scenarios, of course. Well, extended uses the scenarios. It, no, it uh, actually doesn't. Really? Technically, in the rules, extended is dogfight. Oh, well, to hell. So basically it's uh, just because they want to play with all the ships. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be held at Miniature Market. Uh, go check them out and I uh, hope to see a lot of people there. There's some neat prizes they're going to have for that. So and, top 32 uh, pre-registers get challenge coins. There are 23 people pre-registered so far. So if you are thinking about going it, and you want to get a cool challenge coin, yeah. Yeah. it's actually Cost pretty cool. Cost coin to your X-Wing. How, mm, how much... <laughs> Oh, it's disease. Twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Yes. Okay. Okay. But it'll it'll be a good time to be had by all. The St. Louis crew is always just a joy to play with. There's a bunch of awesome folks out there. So and we'll be there. So yeah. And Vinny will be legal for the tournament. Yes. If these guys can hold time. anybody back. Yeah. If you if you Vinny doesn't legal. get like any loadout points though. I know the the bombers what? are for so real? sad for loadout. Look. Oh, oh God, that. they are. We'll, we'll that cover that time. for the resistance. But uh, we tried so. to do a random extended episode at the end instead of diluting the faction episodes. 
We might have an extended episode at the end. Benny only gets 14 points. Oh, super suck. Eddie sucks. Oh. What was that? Did Ray say Benny sucks? Save, save, that save your rage for I the resistance. I did not fight? say that. He said sad. Oh, sucks. damn. Sad. Save your rage for the resistance episode, which we will get to uh, in one of these upcoming weeks. So we've pretty much covered everything here uh, for Tashi Station Radio. I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alec. I'm Porg. And we will Sheesh. catch you next time. Sheesh. 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 No, it's it's Sheesh. Sheesh. ice in my veins. Lip Why, God, why? Hey, everyone! Thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Toshi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, on Twitter at Toshi Station XW, on Twitch at Toshi Station X-Wing, and on YouTube at Toshi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Toshi Station X-Wing and toss us a few credits to help keep the hubs off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.